Life on Tour acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands upon which this podcast has been recorded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This episode was recorded on Gadigal land. Welcome to another episode of Life on Tour, the podcast that celebrates the highs and lows of being a touring musical theatre performer. I'm your host, Manon, and yet again, I owe you an apology. I am so sorry. I did promise that I would have an episode out for you last week, but I didn't do it. But my reason was I was recording the podcast and then an email came through that I had to go and do an audition the very next day. So I prioritized that, which just meant that I could not get an episode out the next day. But not to worry, there's an episode coming out right now. You're listening to it. It's in your ears. Ah, it's everywhere. Okay, moving along. Um, I also have something like hideously embarrassing to share. Um, which is a little bit TMI. If you don't like poo, I would definitely skip forward. So <laughs> last last week I was at an audition and, of course, as OG listeners of the podcast will know, um, sometimes my <laughs> sometimes my bowels, you know, can really react to stress and they just are like, get it all out. We can't deal with this. A saber-toothed tiger is going to eat us. So there's like quite a few movements that happen on those days. Anyway, so I got to this audition. Oh God, I went to the bathroom. I didn't realize there was only one bathroom. I went, I do my business and <laughs> it smelled really bad. And then I came out of the bathroom. Of course, someone is waiting there and it's just like, it, I, it shouldn't be embarrassing because we all poo. And I'm sure that person wasn't like, oh my God, ew, what a stinky poo she just did. But also like, I'm looking at them, they're looking at me, I know what they're about to smell and they don't. It's just, it is embarrassing. So, oh God. Anyway, moving on. But you know, that person could also have assumed that it was someone else's poo before me. You know, so maybe I should just stop assuming that the whole world revolves around me and my poo. If this is your first time listening, I'm really sorry. It's not normally like this. Um, It is only like this sometimes. Please stick around. The rest of it will be great. Okay, so the rest of it. Let's get to it. Now, anyone who works in musical theatre will know that over the last few weeks, there have been so many auditions, which is so exciting and amazing. There's all this work. Woo! It's so good. But, you know, it always tends to like... It's always a when it rains, it pours situation and, you know, there's one audition, then there's two and then there's three and then there's four and they all kind of like tend to happen around the same time. But why I'm bringing this up is because Jennifer Piers, who has been on the podcast before, Jen is an amazing vocalist, an incredible singing teacher. She's absolutely amazing. We did an episode called Slaying Your Vocal Health on tour. It's so great. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. It's got so much wisdom and helpful tips in it. But what Jen did is because because there have been so many auditions, she reposted on her Instagram a part of that episode that we did together about where to put all of that energy that we put into auditions. I'm going to put the excerpt of that episode in now. We spend so much time and money investing in what we do to get ourselves on the stage or in the audition room, how to prepare for the audition room, right? And a whole bunch of people have just come out of 
a couple of weeks of big professional auditions that have, have been on. Yeah. And people have kind of come back in for their like post those audition lessons and no one talks about what we do after that audition. We've spent all this time and money getting ourselves in the room and then you walk out of the audition and like where do you put it? Where do you put all that energy? What do you do with that? Yeah. And it's really important that we we have kind of processes or even rituals in place by which we're letting it go as well. There comes a point where you can't do anything more about it. It's probably been on your mind for weeks beforehand where everything that you do, there's this low level of, oh, but I've got my Chicago audition next week or I've got my Grace audition next week so yeah. I can't go out or I can't. And it's just like rumbling away there constantly. Yeah. And so it's the thing that goes, I did everything I could do and now I let it go. Maybe it's something like ripping up the sides just ceremoniously and putting them in the bin. Mm. Maybe it's treating yourself to something nice for all the hard work that you did, rewarding yourself. Go get your nails done. Go have a coffee with a friend. The thing that says, well done you, just for like showing up and doing it because it's hard. I am so glad that Jen, first of all, said that amazing piece to begin with, but also reposted it during a time when so many people have done so many auditions, because I think it is it is so important. We don't talk about what to do after an audition, how to recover from that process, because it's not only, you know, like financially, uh, mentally, you know, a, a lot of sort of energy and effort a lot of the time that goes into auditions. But I mean, I suppose maybe mentally would tie into this, but it's also like it's so much adrenaline and sometimes you do need somewhere to put that. So I actually, I asked um, anyone who follows the podcast on Instagram, which is Life on Toolpod, if you want to follow it, but I asked the people who follow the podcast on Instagram, you know, what do you do to recover from auditions? And this is what they said. So a lot of them um, were to do with rewarding yourself with like a nice, um, edible treat. So a not edible as in drugs, <laughs> as in like delicious food. So one person said, yes, I eat whatever I want for 24 hours. Someone else said bath, wine, cheese. Someone else said, you know, a, a nice pizza. Someone else said, I go and have um, a feed at the pub. So like, so it, I think that's so great. I do it as well. Someone else said that they sort of indulge in a bit of escapism, like reading books, video games, movies. I think that's a really great thing to do as well. Like something to do to ground yourself and you know, reward yourself with a bit of escapism. And what someone else said was, I give myself one phone call to vent. And I think that is so important because I I do that after every audition, even if, you know, I only, like, for example, in a recent audition I did, everything was great except I messed up one note, one note in a song. And I was so mad at myself. And so I gave my agent a call. I was like, fuck, I fucking fucked up this note. I'm so mad at myself, but everything else went well. And it just makes you feel so much better getting those thoughts out of your head, into your mouth and into someone else's ear and then kind of forgetting about them. It definitely does give that energy somewhere to go. I, I, don't, I don't know, like, that's what I find. And obviously this person on Instagram finds that too. And giving that energy somewhere to go isn't just a rule for performers, you know, like a stage manager also reached out and and said, you know, we have our disappointments as well, but what they do is tell themselves what's for you 
will be and really like meditate on that. And that I think is such an amazing and very powerful thing to understand and be at peace with. Now, if you're listening to this and you don't audition, maybe you're not in the industry, maybe you're not a performer, um, like just for background, there's so much that goes into auditions and this is why giving this energy somewhere to go is so important. I think particularly if you get cut early on in the piece, I find like if it's a long audition process or I've gone through a few rounds, like it's still good to kind of do something meditative, like reward myself with a treat, buy myself something nice afterwards. But I I find it particularly so discombobulating when I have, you know, I've paid for a dance class. I've paid for a singing lesson. I've done all this work to prepare. I've maybe like, I've taken the day off work. I've bought myself a new outfit. I've styled my hair. I've done my makeup. That's taken about two hours. I've done my warm-ups. I've done my dance warm-ups. I've packed my bag. It takes hours and hours and hours to prepare and a lot of effort. And then sometimes you can go in and get cut first round and it's like, oh, oh, what? Okay. I guess that's done you know and it it is so discombobulating so I think that is you know just yet another reason why it's so important like Jen says to give that energy somewhere to go so I sat down a few months ago with the amazing Doug Hansel who I like to call Stud Handsome we know each other very well because we worked uh we worked with each other on Come From Away which finished in July and you know we were seeing quite a bit of each other because both of us were going through a kind of similar in-between period, um, you know, after Come From Away finished. And it was just so great to connect with him about this feeling of being in the in-between when you don't quite know what's going on. And there are a lot of emotions and feelings and you know, sometimes even identity issues that get locked in and are difficult to navigate in this in-between phase. So it was so, so great to sit down with Doug. He is just such a good speaker. He knows so much. He's so experienced and he's very generous with his time. So I really think you're going to love, love, love this conversation because he is just so honest And it's just, it's a super chill vibe and we just talk about what this period means. But before I get into that, I also just wanted to sort of explain what the past few months have been like for me. As some of you might know, I finished a two-year contract in July of this year and it's now, oh my God, it's November. So that August, September, October. Yeah. So it's been about three months, right? And that period, it's... There have been so, so many ups and downs, ups and downs that I anticipated, but I don't think I was fully prepared for. And what I want to do is just before I explain what the months have been like for me, I want to go back to the first time I booked a gig, which was back in 2017. And I remember I I went, I rocked up at the media call and I met this amazing person who's still a really, really good friend, but I'm not going to name names because I haven't asked them. So I'm not going to name names, but they said to me, like, because they knew it was my first gig and they were really experienced. And they just said off the bat, like, don't get cocky. There are so many people who get cocky And they forget what this work is all about. And I 
at the time I was like, oh yeah, you know, cool. But I don't think that I've learned that lesson until this year, which is, you know, now it's 23. It's like six years after that interaction occurred. And what I mean by that is that I think for me, the basis of a lot of the issues I faced in the last three months where, you know, I was having challenges with my identity, my motivation, I I didn't know what to do with my life for, for a good period of that time. I think a lot of the root of that was a kind of cockiness and a kind of entitlement to the life and the gig that I was living before it finished. And if there's one thing that I've learned, it's that this industry is amazing and it's just so wonderful and so creative, but it doesn't owe you anything. And for me, me expecting that it owes me something put me in a really, really negative headspace. So over the over the period of the last few months, right, I you know, I thought it was fine. I'm like, yeah, it's all good. And then I noticed that I was sort of indulging in some self-destructive behaviors. There are a couple of times where I had a lot of alcohol. Um, my vo- my motivation like was either really extreme and I'm like, I'm going to go for a 10K run or I'm going to stay up till 3 a.m. and wake up at 1 p.m. and waste the whole day. And I like I was sort of sabotaging myself in a way. And I I think I've mentioned this on other episodes as well. I mean, I did I talked about this like with a lot of my friends, which is so great that I have such a supportive network around me. But one of my friends, I was just complaining and I'm like, oh, nothing's happening for me. Blah blah blah. Like, rah rah rah, I'm not getting this and I'm not getting that. And she was just like, okay, cool. But like what are you doing about that? Why are you just expecting everything to happen for you? And that that was when everything changed for me because I realized that I was just kind of sitting on my laurels and expecting, you know, to be living the life that I had been living for the two years previous, which is just not how this industry works. It's just not. So, the minute I realized that, I realized that I kind of had to go back to basics and have that growth mindset and that mindset that I had when I was kind of like first starting out. And, you know, just because something is in arm's reach for you because you've done it before doesn't mean that you're entitled to it. And that I think is the biggest lesson that I have learned over the last few months. And I don't know if anyone else has ever, you know, gone through that or felt that way. But that was just such an important lesson for me to learn. And 100%, I can say, I am a much, much better person and a much, much better actor and performer because of that lesson I had to learn. Okay, so thank you for listening to my rambling about the past few months of the in-between. Now, let's get into this amazing conversation with the wonderful Doug Hansel. There we go. It would help if I turned on your mic. Oh, I see. Yes. Oh, I hear myself now. I can hear you, but there's only one line. Alrighty. I am in the most gorgeous apartment here in Surrey Hills. I'm absolutely obsessed with it. I've stormed in, demanded <laughs> that this wonderful man help me with a self-tape on pain of death. <laughs> and he's been 
kind enough to also come on the podcast as well. Stud Handsome, also known as Doug Hansel. <laughs> Hello. How are you today? I feel like I've like I've been on this podcast like 78 times. <laughs> yeah. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Good things keep coming back. I'll, um, That's what I'll, I say. I'll buy shares in the pod. <laughs> yes, we are highly profitable <laughs> at this time. So we finished Come From Away. Okay, now it is It's the end of September. We finished mm-hmm. Come From Away nearly three months ago now. Wow. Right? July, wow. August, September. Yeah, nearly three months, like two and a half Sheesh. ago. How how have you been going? How have you been feeling? What What's life looking like? Um, yeah, so it was different sort of aspects. Like for the first sort of, um, I'd say first four to six weeks, I was really sweet with it. I was like quite enjoying the downtime and sort of having to, you know, like just getting to sort of exhale from from everything. Yeah. Um, I, and I was doing a little bit of traveling, going various places, which was really good. Sort of felt like a bit of an extended holiday. Um, and then I think probably about a month ago, it's that sort of, that novelty wore off a little bit. Yeah. Um, added to which, you know, I have to, (laughs) I have a $900 a week mortgage repayment now. So I need, (laughs) I'm like, like, holy shit. Um, but I've. I mean, I've had a couple of really good auditions, like really big things that were very exciting, of which nothing has transpired. So, but I've, but I remember back to the last um, pod I did with you. Yeah. And um, it was the one about rejection and about how you cope with that and about the joy of the work Mm. being the reward, you know? Yeah. Um, And I kind of, I, I was thinking back to that, and I think I said this to you last time I caught up with you. Mm. Um, listening back to that podcast, I realised some of that advice is a little hard to put into practice. Yeah, um, yeah. Like what? Well, I just I think you know, like patience is is hard, you mm. know, because the thing is that you do know that at any second things can just pivot, mm. things can just change in an instant. Yeah. But you'd never know when that instant's going to come. Yeah. So it's it's um it's learning to it's learning to live in the uncertainty, which again, and I, I remember saying to someone, I said, I said to a couple of people, and I was I was kind of sheepish about saying it because I felt like it sounded really pretentious, but I'd sort of forgotten how to be unemployed. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I forgot yeah. about like how do you. How do you do how do you how do you not have a job? How do you do that? Yeah. Like how do you what are you meant to do? And and so like I've been doing workshops and I've been teaching at NIDA and um doing audition prep with other actors, auditioning for drama schools and stuff like that. Um and also trying to put um projects on the table, um, get things off the ground mm. as it were. Uh and I yeah, I think. I mean, I, I, I was, I was pretty much. If you'd asked me six months ago, I would have gone back to London. I was all set to go back to London straight after Come From Away. Yeah, right. But now, you know, life stuff happens. And, yeah, yeah. And so I'm just I'm sitting here for a bit and trying to make this work as best I can. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, totally. Mm. How much do you think like this whole in between thing and the hustle, it definitely is a different mindset to be in. Mm. Do you feel like that has impacted your identity at all? I want to say no, but I 
fear, I have to say a little bit yes. Yeah. I think um, <laughs> I'm conscious of like of, about banging on about come from way too much because this is like, well, that's over. That's in the past. It's a big part of your life though. You've yeah, yeah, it sure. Four years. Yeah, right? but but it's also like it's done now. Like, and yeah. it's kind of and it's time to move on. And you know, then it, I think I think the thing is that you have to be self motivated and you have to kind of make things happen yeah it's like i was saying to you again in the last podcast you know you have to have many many balls in the air so Mm. that if you get the job that's all great but if you don't you've got other stuff going on so it's okay yeah yeah totally but identity yeah like it's kind of i don't you know i don't love being unemployed (laughs) yeah I don't, I no, mean, I don't do love I. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just interested to know that because I definitely have felt that it has impacted my perception of who I am. Hmm. And I felt this like gross, um, by that I mean like ew, like ew, mm, gross, mm, like mm. shame almost in the fact that I don't have a gig to go to, which yeah. I would never look at anyone who was in the same position as me and go like, how shameful. Like, you know, I, I'd be like, great, they're between gigs, so they're probably working, you know, like a, a survival job and yeah. doing what they have to do. But I, like, pictured myself when I got you know, just, like, a casual job and I, like, one of the first thoughts that popped to my mind was, like, oh, and what if an industry person comes in? Like, how embarrassing for me. And then it's like, like, what? Like, mm. where is that coming from? So I think I've taken it as an identity thing, like, pretty hard yeah which is really interesting i mean it, it's 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 the thing that like i i try when i when it, like i try to disaggregate these two things but it's re- it's really hard to do because what you it's what it's what you do do you know what i mean yeah and so how do you be the thing when you're not doing the thing yeah totally and, and and i i would i would say that i would have the same you know i wish i didn't but i would probably have the same reservations i'd be like oh well, like what if so and so you know walked in and like i mean you know it's it's a very it's a very prickly thing i want someone to do i want someone to come up with a formula as to how actors should exist when they're, <laughs> when they're not. maybe i'll try and figure it out maybe i'll try and do it i mean i feel like you're doing it you know i feel like you've been doing it you're you're so great if i saw like <laughs> Truly, truly. And, you know, like what I said before, I just want to reiterate, if I walked into, you know, a shop or, or whatever or mm. saw an actor doing a, a job that's not acting, I would be like, like I wouldn't even think about it. I'd no, just no, no. Like, oh, and, look, and that's the thing. Like, them. Yeah, I, I, I would do the same thing. But if it's me, I'm judgy as shit, a judgy, judgy, judgy AF <laughs> It's almost like it. we're our own worst critic. Totally. You know? Yeah, totally. yeah. And I was talking to someone else from the show who I won't, mention the name but like i think anxiety is a big thing that comes up too and i think Mm. people you know this beautiful soul um was saying that you know the anxiety was really rearing its head yeah yeah just because you kind of go what yeah like yeah what am i what am i doing who am i yeah who am i totally it's Mm. so weird i thought that i had successfully detached the two things my identity and my job Mm -hmm. but i don't think I did yeah. just based on the reactions that I've been having for the last the last couple of months. Well you you went away too, which was must have been a nice break, like a yeah. break from the from, it was good. From the navel gazing. Yeah, totally, totally. It it was it was really, really nice to get away. And it is mm. also like maybe to an extent a sort of grass is always greener thing. Mm. Like sometimes when I'm on a show 
you know, sometimes I can think to myself like, oh gosh, I wish I didn't have to miss every birthday and all the hangouts and family dinners and stuff. And then I stopped doing the show and I'm like, Oh, but I'm but I'm so bored. I want to do a show. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, God. Yeah. Like, you can't have it both. Like, what no. What the, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's that. Although I will say there's times when um, my new friend um, will mm-hmm. we'll sing the song, <laughs> we'll sing Welcome to the Rock. Yeah. And I sort of think to myself, oh, I'll never get to sing that again. And it's kind of a little bit bittersweet. You never, <laughs> hey, you never know. You never look, know. <clears throat> look, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you had... Post-show blues at all? No. I don't think I did no, either. No, I normally get them so yep, hard. So but hard. Maybe this is because it was a longer tour. We'd had time to – and you already, you know, had been on it for so much longer and had had so many more breaks like with yeah. COVID and stuff. Maybe we were all just used to it being kind of taken away. Yeah, you know? I was really surprised. I was I was sort of um, – I was, I was surprised at how easily I – sort of moved on from it and I realise in saying that that I've probably in the last five minutes given you every indication that I haven't moved on from it. But, it, <laughs> but, but yeah, like I kind of – it was – there was very little post-show blues, if any. The, the, night, the night we closed mm. was so perfect. It, yeah. And I think really that helped really helped. Well. And, I mean, the, the, the audience was so phenomenal. I had the people – the most important people – in my that I wanted to be there were there. Yeah. Um, we all had our little moment on stage at the end where we all cried and oh my you know. God. But that that night was and I remember I remember Koski saying, on the one night that you want it to last, it just goes by in an instant. That's so true. That's and I think so it was true. it was it that the performance it was such a good show. Oops, sorry, there's a motorbike going past. Um, <laughs> it was such a good show. The yeah. vibe and the the feeling in the room was so amazing. And yeah, I think that really helped with avoiding the post-show blues. But I think also too, I think we'd sort of, we'd been grieving for quite a while. You yeah. know, we knew it was coming to an end. Yeah. And as you say, like I, that was my third cast. Yeah, totally. Was it my totally. third cast? Or, or, you know, sort of ish. You'd been through the ups I've been, and downs of yeah, it. Yeah. So like, you know, you've had your goodbyes and all that kind of stuff. and Yeah, yeah. And it was, re- it was really cathartic. Like It was, yeah. Really, every, every loose end yeah. tied up. It was just very – it felt like a big, beautiful full stop. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of love. The closing of a lovely book. I'm interested to know also – I'm just asking you a bunch of random I love it. I love – I love, feel like I'm on the – I feel like I'm on Letterman or something. Or, yeah, it's going. Welcome to Thursday Nights <laughs> with Manon. <laughs> exactly. Um, I when you when auditions have come up mm. in the last couple of months, mm. like this is more of an audition mindset question, mm. I guess. But like when they come up and you go in for them and and stuff, like how do you feel about the gig that you're auditioning for? Is it kind of like nah, whatevs, it'll it'll be right, or do you become obsessed with it and are like oh, I really want to book it, or a bit of both, or um, it depends on what it is. Like I've had a few TVCs that I've been a bit like, yeah, whatever. I had one audition for a big, big play in London with wow. a very, very famous married couple. So that yeah, and I really, I really enjoyed that. I, I mean, I would have loved to have done that. Obviously, um, there's a film, a big film that I auditioned for as well. What else? There's been a couple of other bits. I do, I do. 
I do enjoy the process of working on new material. Mm. Um, I think I'd enjoy it more if I was working on something else as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's always nice when you're doing a show and you have to have to sort you're of audition for stuff. The but the thing time. is you can't – oftentimes you can't do the jobs because you're doing the show, right? Clashes, so it's a bit catch-22. Yeah. yeah, totally. Um, totally. But, yeah, it's it's learning to yeah, – relearning to audition as well. That's, yeah. That's no, definitely. That's in, that's an interesting mm. interesting one. There's been some stuff that's come up lately that I've been like, gosh, no, I'm not quite right for that, but also why why not throw my hat in the ring cuz I, I I need the practice. Really. Yeah, I'm so out of practice. Yeah. I get I just get so nervous yeah. and everything and also like I feel like I'm just talking about myself mm, now, which mm. is very narcissistic. But I like I feel like I'm coming into a new age bracket, and I I just I have no idea. I'm like, what what the fuck am I? Like, what oh, what yeah. am I doing? Like- yeah. Well, the thing is, like when I like, when I auditioned for Come From Away, I was still I wasn't quite in the dad zone, right? Mm, yeah, I'm right. forty. I'm about I'm almost forty two, so I'm in the sweet spot of the dad you know vibe now so that's a hot like my casting has changed in four years yeah right yeah that's so true even like today when i asked i demanded that doug help me with it with a self-tape just to put down some material because all the material i have was done like like two and a half years ago and i'm so different and i look so different and it's just yeah it's just it it is just different yeah, I guess that's the thing though. That's, I mean, there are lessons to learn for the next show as well, like how you kind of um, – like I will next time I think be a lot more savvy with saving. Ah, uh, okay. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I was pretty good with saving. Like I kind of – I saved a deposit for a flat, right, which was pretty amazing. Pretty, yeah. was not, you know, and no this is thing. a gorgeous <clears throat> apartment, by the way. It's so nice. It's great. Um what was I saying? Um, uh, saving Sammy? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, next time I'll, I'll try and just really bunker down because I think, I think there was a lot of um, probably wastage that sort of went on, like a lot of bit of leakage. Yeah, yeah. And I think you can, you can be afford to be a bit tighter with it. But then also I'm not, I'm not by nature a sort of tight-ass person. Like I'm kind of like, yeah, great, let's, well, let's do it. Like if you want to do something, do it. It's just money. It'll come, it'll go, it'll, you know, whatever. Yeah, totally, totally. And I still, that's how I want to live, but I don't also, you know, Mm. I'm I'm watching my buffer go down with every weekly repayment. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, that's fair enough. There's there's always stuff to be learned, definitely, you Mm -hmm. know, and and you have to learn it by... Doing stuff that you don't want to do again. Rachel Cole in the um in the Money 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 episode, yeah, we did like back in February or something. She yeah, she talked about having the capital and the capacity. Like you have to kind of be on contract yeah. most of the time, yeah. You know, and otherwise banks are kind of like, Whoa, well, yeah. That's yeah. why it's so difficult for you know sole traders and oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, and look, and look at you now. This place is beautiful, yeah, and well, you're living your best, and you look amazing. Oh, and stuff, so, you know. Yeah. Stop it. Stop oh, it. Keep going. Stop it. Keep going. <laughs> and you're also so, so talented and so smart. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird time. It is it, a weird time. It is a weird time. But I I think you're amazing. I think and you're I think amazing. You're, no, you stop it. So you stop, stop it. it. Stop it. Right. Oh, we, did, we should tell people we did the play, we did the play reading. We, we did. Just, just for us. Yeah, yeah, just we, for fun. Just before you went away. And that was really exciting. 
That was it's so that, See, that's popular. the kind of thing that keeps you – I think that's the kind of thing that keeps you in the game. Yeah. Just, you know, just, an, just a little play read at once a week or something like that just to keep you feeling like you're an actor. Doing this self-tape yep. today has really – Made me feel like, oh gosh, this this muscle I haven't yeah. haven't trained it in so long, yeah. haven't flexed it, and that was well, I was like journaling the other day as well, mm. and like I think that kind of ties into I was trying to like n- rename this era of mm. of my life, you know, yeah, like right. w- what's it going to be like? Before then, it was touring on contract, commercial show. Yep. That's what that that's what that era was and now this era i think for me is going to be about learning back yeah. to basics going through going through stuff it's just it's just the nature of it yeah. i think i'm finding and and also like the, the, the weird thing that i find is that like i don't know how to have my nights mm, like that's so true i don't i've i've never i don't watch i'm i'm having to watch tv I don't know what channels are on, like what what channels there are, or like what the hell. Like oh I'm kind gosh. of going. I know the the four free to air channels, and then I'm like, what the rest? What's the other shit? Like you know, <laughs> like it's always been Netflix on my laptop or something like that. But now I've got a TV. I'm like, oh, I guess it's yeah. sort of seven thirty. I should watch, you oh. know, the seven thirty report or something like that. And you need a Chromecast. I need a Chromecast. A Chromecast, they're so good. Oh yeah, I do. Oh I man, because then you can just watch your Netflix on the big screen. Yeah, you should totally watch. Um, I'll Love save up blind. for a Chromecast because yes. I've got, you know, $900 a week mortgage repayment. <laughs> 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 oh, is there anything else you want to add before before we wrap it up? Um, no, it's just nice to have a jam and nice to chat. And I don't know, this, I, I hope this doesn't sound, sound – I hope this one doesn't seem like a Debbie Downer. No, I don't – I think it's just, yeah. I, think, I don't think it does at all. I think it's better to talk about the fact that, you know – professional actors and you know amazing actors all over the country have periods where they're not in acting work mm. and that is to be expected and mm-hmm. that's normal and that's okay yeah and you're yep. kind of nailing it being in this being in this space you know yeah look yeah, at you you're so. amazing oh thanks so yeah. are you no you stop it mutual loving no stop it yeah all right all right my friend my love let's let's do Manon the scene again. brilliant let's do it for the 38th time All right, everyone, that is it from me. But thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I really, really appreciate it. If you want to give Life on Tour a follow on Instagram, it is Life on Tour Pod. And please leave a review if you liked the episode today. I I promise if this is your first time, it's not so much poo talk. Like, I'm sorry about that. That's kind of weird. But I will be back in your ears next Thursday instead of Wednesday. Um, I hope to. He, see, I was going to say see you then, but I technically won't see you. But if you are listening to the podcast, I really appreciate you. And if you have any feedback, I would love to know. But until then, have a great week. Bye.